Thank you for tuning in to Franchise Euphoria, 10 plus years running strong. I'm Josh Brown, founder and host, and by day I'm a franchise lawyer, but in my spare time, I love meeting and speaking with people in and around the franchise world. And that's what this podcast is all about. We talk with franchisees, we talk with franchisors, and we talk with those who help both franchisees and franchisors with their businesses. So you can take a little bit from their experiences and apply it to your own. Enjoy. Hello, welcome back to Franchise Euphoria. I'm thrilled today. I've got Tony DiPietro. I think I got that right, Tony, uh, from, from Big B. You nailed it. Thank you. I nailed it. Thanks, man. So you head up, you oversee the emerging markets for, for Big B Coffee, obviously a, a franchise, a growing franchise, um, and uh, an interesting franchise because for many reasons, but, you know, coffee has been one of those markets where it's ever evolving, right? I mean, you know, there's 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 the original coffee places, then you've got you know, what they've kind of turned into, which is, I'm sure they sell some coffee, but they sell a whole lot of lattes and, and other kinds of stuff as well. And I know with Big B, one of the interesting things that I've been seeing is just how they've kind of evolved over, over time, both in their footprint, their style, their look, their feel. Um, so happy to have you on to kind of talk about all that since you head up all their new and emerging markets and we'll talk a little franchising today awesome thanks for having me i look forward to our time together yeah so, i mean tell me your background tony though like where how long you've been with the brand i've been with Bigby coffee for 22 years uh when i started we had four locations open and the journey has led me to where i am today Big B Coffee's always been an exciting brand to work with, uh, even from the beginning with Bob and Mike. It's that we've always had a mission, right? And has it changed over time? A little bit, but it's always gotten better. So when I was brought into the organization, I was the district manager for Toledo, Ohio. We had four stores open. We were buying a chain of five coffee shops, a local independent shop down in Toledo. I was brought in to flip them to Big B Coffee and run the market. Loved it. I ran two stores myself day in and day out. I was behind the counter slinging drinks uh, from open to noon. And it was really where I cut my teeth on operations and what it was like to be I wasn't a franchise owner, but how to run a coffee shop. Did that for about four years. Then I was brought to the home office as director of operations. So again, continued the operations theme, got to work with a lot of great owner operators, opening up their store, supporting them through uh, uh, profitability, as well as just being a resource for them. Then I uh, did that again for about eight years. And then for till now, I've been in development. And it was a hard left turn to get into development. I, I appreciate Mike and Bob trusting me so much because I was basically going to start doing what Mike McFall 
had done up until this point. So it was a huge honor, right, to, to get that trust. Throughout that whole time frame, it was all about relationships, right? Running stores, it was about the relationships with the consumer, with your staff, operations, with current franchise owners, um, helping them out, being there as a resource. And then now in development, it's about building relationships with new people looking to come into the organization. Loved every minute. <clears throat> That's pretty incredible. I mean, it's not too many people who've been a part of a of a system, you know, that's grown like Bigby has, really from the beginning, right? Um, how many locations now does Bigby have? We have. Uh, I got my board behind me. We have two hundred eighty six open, another one hundred forty six in development, for a total of five hundred thirty two stores. Uh, across 13 states currently, we 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 set a goal a couple years ago to have 500 stores open by the end of next year. We're on track for that, and then we have a goal for the end of 2028 to have a thousand units open, and it's all tracking right. We traditionally double in size every three to five years. How do you develop? I mean, I have a I. I this is such an interesting question to me, and I think to a lot of people in the audience, but how do you go about developing a market? I mean, do you, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you, you, do you look at where you're at and you say, I mean, when you're, when you're first getting going, right, you know, 20 some years ago or even 15 years ago, you're just getting going. I think the natural thing a lot of people do is they look at the markets that they're in where they've had some success and they say, Hey, why don't I find other markets that are similar to this market? I mean, that mm -hmm. seems to be like a logical thing to do. But once you get past that, where it's it's becomes more, uh, you know, it's it's not as easy as just looking for you know cities that are comparable or locations. You know, there's a lot of franchisors that struggle with how you establish. Um, and grow in markets that make good sense, both from operation side, distribution side, managing those together. Because a big problem that a lot of franchise systems end up having is they want to say yes to people who, you know, reach out, you know, 700 miles away, but they don't really have a distribution side down. And, and, you know, the challenge of, being able to tell somebody, hey, yeah, we're certainly interested, but let us kind of get these things in place. I'm curious how you guys went about it since you've obviously lived through it. Yeah, and it's evolved over time, right? You know, having one philosophy and then saying, okay, well, hey, let's try another philosophy. And that's, you know, you've got to be willing to uh, try new things. But today we limit are what we call emerging market places right now. So we are, our current emerging markets are Idaho, Tennessee, Georgia, Virginia, Illinois, five. And we're gonna keep it at five right now. I'll never say never, but we're not looking to expand outside of the states that we're currently looking at, but we'll listen to everything on a case by case basis. Our biggest support that we can give these, and I'll call them trailblazers in these new markets, right? It's about 
them understanding the concept, us supporting them in those new markets, and then quickly getting to five, six, seven stores per population density as quickly as possible. Because the best way we can support them is getting more stores in that marketplace. For a couple of the reasons, for one big reason you mentioned, logistics. We have a great vendor partner in Cisco, and we can ship out of our main hub, out of Grand Rapids, anywhere. And then the local Cisco houses will help us up on um, the more generic, I'll call it products. But once we can also get to five, six locations, then we'll have the volume there to have all the product put in the Cisco. So we have a short-term vision and then a long-term vision. Another thing that helps in, in having um, stability in a marketplace with those types of numbers of stores is also six, seven stores, they could form a co-op that are run by the owner operator. So now you're helping on the other side of that, of getting branding, more dense, uh, more information out to the community. Are you guys selling one at a time? Or are you looking for multi-unit operators? I can't remember with Biggie, with Big B. Well, traditionally, we've looked for owner operators, store one, year one, right? We truly believe that's a competitive advantage of ours. However, <clears throat> we will again, look at each scenario on a case-by-case -case basis. And if we find the right partners out there, then sure, we'll take yeah, a you look. Get somebody, you get somebody, I mean, you get somebody who's already operating a bunch of other franchise locations, maybe a different brand, and they want to come in and buy five, six, seven, whatever, some sort of pack. You're probably open to that, but... <clears throat> You guys, when you say the competitive advantage, I'm curious, what's the competitive, what, what, what is that big competitive advantage by getting that one person, one store up and going? Their involvement in that community, right? We are, we are so focused uh, and we coach and mentor our owners. If you want to run a successful coffee shop, we have the systems and processes within the four walls, right? And you don't need to, to almost waste mental energy on that. There's no create, you know, necessary creativity to that. Where we need and want your creativity is how are you going to engage the consumer inside your four walls? And again, it's about building relationships. And then how can you take those community ties and support those individuals in the community, right? Because then they'll support you. And if that's not what you're about, I believe you're, they're going to see right through that, right? It's, you know, and we have all types of programs and that that help franchise owners do just that. And world-class customer service, too, within our in our four walls. And that that is well, so... I really like that. I mean, Tony, I like that because, you know, so often, you know, a, a knock on franchising is, oh, you just suck away. It's not creative. It's just the same stuff in every location. And I always tell people, I go, that's really not true. I mean, <clears throat> which, what, most of the good and successful franchise brands, their systems and processes are boring. And that's what you want to be boring because they work and they're boring. And, you know, you're not changing them every day. You're not doing them different all the time. Yes, you're, uh, you're thinking through ways to make them more efficient. 
But most good franchises take on or try to take on or try to have their franchisees take on the spirit of that community that they're in because they're, they, you know, people, and I'm sure you'll agree with this is, you know, I always get a kick when people go, I'm not going to go to a franchise. I'm just going to go local. And I go, there's really nothing more local than a, a local franchisee. They live in your community. Most of the money stays in the community other than the royalties and other small fees. Whereas, you know, if you have a typical corporate type of environment, all the money comes out of that community, you know, with the exception of, of what you're paying people. So franchising is actually as local as it gets, just like any, just like a typical entrepreneur opening up their store. And at the end of the day, while, while people want to buy local, they also want consistency. They want consistency in product, in availability, in service. And I always tell people, you know, yeah, people will go to, you know, Bob's sub shop until they go to Bob, they're not going back to Bob's sub shop, even though it's the local one, right? They're going to go to the place where they get, you know, the good service, the good food. So I think that that's interesting. I think that's a really good point that people have to understand that, like, when you get into franchising as a franchisee, we franchisors want you to be creative. They want, the, in fact, some of the best creations that franchisor systems get are from franchisees. Hey, what about this kind of, right? You, you've probably seen it, Tony. You've probably seen it over the years where franchisees have made suggestions and you guys are like, yeah, damn, that's a good suggestion. And we live for that, right? We have a number of committees where we pull the franchise owners in. They're part of the process, right? We're going, they're on the front lines every day. If we're not listening to them, then we're we're doing something wrong, right? And I always believe if if you know everything, it's time to move on because you're never going to learn, right? You always have to have this ability to learn each and every day. Now back back to systems and processes inside the store, that also allows for the scalability of that first off a single unit owner operator then to go open two, three, and four and and use the Big B model to create wealth. But then they still have this creative outlet of, yeah, guerrilla marketing stuff, try it. Let us know how it, how it works out, right? What are you passionate about in your neighborhood? Schools, especially arts and music, they need all the help in the world right now. Uh, athletic teams, yep, churches. Whatever you're passionate about, run with it, right? And that referral from, it, as you know, referrals, if somebody gives me a, a referral, Tony, you got to try this restaurant. I might have 22 coupons sitting in the junk drawer for that place, but I never, never went there. But Josh told me to go there. So I go there and it, and it's awesome. But then there's also that psychological influence that Josh, I trust, he had a great experience. I'm expecting I'm going to have a great experience too. So you, and now you just have to live up to that in the store. And that person's coming in already with the mindset of, oh, I don't know what this is going to be like. Oh, this is going to be great because Josh told me it was going to be great. And it, it's so awesome. Where have you seen, I mean, obviously, you know, tying into emerging markets ties, you know, directly and indirectly into um, consumers 
consumer trends, buying trends. I know, you know, I'd be curious your thoughts on, um, you know, obviously the drive-throughs. You know, you're seeing a lot more of the coffee places that really are limiting down their their general retail space and focusing more on essentially the parking lot structure to do the drive-throughs, sometimes multiple drive-throughs. What are you seeing at Bigby in terms of? Um, I mean, I, I know generally speaking, if you have a drive-through and it's and it's set up the right way, you can see significant increases in revenue so long as you've got the training and the service side down to be able to handle that while you're hand, handling the in-store um, traffic as well. Regardless of the model, that customer service, they've got to feel that smile through the through the. Uh, through the box at the drive-through, if if that's the option, the the one thing we I, I believe we do well is we have multiple different options that become a real estate play for that franchise owner when they're looking for real estate out there. We have a drive-through only. We have a modular drive-through. We have our traditional end cap with a drive-through and a lobby. Right. We have kiosk locations. So when they go out there, especially in hyper-competitive marketplaces, everybody wants to drive through. Okay, yeah, we can put a drive through in a 400-square-foot place, right? And, but then also being having the willingness to say, look at every opportunity and say, hey, how could we make that work? Not how can we not make that work? And, and, and that's important. Again, going back to... Uh, the willingness to listen to learn, and you 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 have to have that. All I the went time. to a I won't say the coffee place. It was a great experience, but I won't say the name. I went to a coffee place, and I went and and I'd been there before, and it's near my house, and uh, and I go through the drive through. This is maybe a couple months ago, and and literally, Tony, I'm 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 at the drive through, you know waiting for the, you know, the person to say, you know, hello, what can I get for you today? And the person goes, hi, Josh, welcome back. And I go, I was like, who's watching me? <laughs> and, and I go, wow, that's, I'm sitting there at a drive through I'm just looking at a menu board. I go, wow, that was amazing. And the person goes, well, we've got video here, and we always try to like you know make notes and 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 make that. A, what a cool personal experience that was! Like, like she didn't go, "Hi, what can I get for you?" Okay, next, next. She goes, "Hey, Josh, welcome back." And I was sort of at first, it just really caught me off guard. But how 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 cool is that? Right, and, and if you take care of your staff, I'm assuming that barista that serves you that wasn't her first day on the job, right? You know, there, there's no problem with employees today or baristas, right? If you look at it, Mike McFall always says that. It's kids, people today, my generation, the generation before that said the same thing. Ah, kids today, right? <laughs> no, it's they. nobody shows up at their first day of work saying, oh, how am I going to stink at my job today, right? Yeah. It's a lot of times bad management. Right. And our philosophy is supporting people and building a life that they love us for our franchise owners, for our vendors, for the communities we do business in. And there's a trickle down effect. Right. We're looking for franchise owners who are going to do the same thing with their sphere of influence, their staff, 
their communities, right? And this isn't all about rainbows and unicorns. It's about, it makes good business sense too. Because if you treat your staff well, they stay around longer, you spend less money on training, your customers get serviced better, they build relationships with their customers, and that's what it's all about. And you're helping a young adult get some real life skills too. And, and support them in their next journey in life. There, we, we have a lot of stores that have multiple staff that's worked there for do you years, promote, right? Do, do you guys have, that's at this point, about. do you guys have staff that have literally started there, you know, at, you know, whether working the, the drive-through or, 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 you know, working the, 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 the register or whatever, that have become franchisees? I mean, do, do, you, guys, do you guys promote from within? That, that has happened. Uh, another example of that is these legacy families. Some of our first franchise owners, I met their children when they were in middle school. You know, cute behind the counter or in, in the stores. Now they're adults with their own kids and own Big B coffee shops, right? The those are the coolest stories in the world, right? And what's your way? You know, I mean, as we. We have yeah, Tony, Paul. as we finish up here, you know, what what's your way to stick out in the market? I mean, obviously you're focused on you've got these five markets, you know, that you mentioned earlier. I imagine you're traveling around a decent bit um and, and focusing on that growth. There's there's a lot of coffee places, but there's a lot of need, right? So when Big B, what is the, what's the what's the main the North Star that Big We just continue to do this? Um, we know competition is going to come and go. We know there's only certain things we can control. What's that focus for Big B? If you can allow me an extra minute on this, I, I think it starts off on why people turn to Big B Coffee, right? And that is they're tired of working a nine to five business setting. You know, a lot of people love that. That's great, great companies they work for, but some have this entrepreneurial spirit, right? And, and they want to spread their wings and go off on their own. You know, that's one. Two, you've got people who've always wanted to start their own business, but just don't know how, right? That's a huge, that was, you know, scared the heck out of me as well. And number three, wanted to spend more time with their families and support their communities, but they lack the time, money, and resources to do it. Those are the types of people that are coming up to us. How we can support them I think we've already gone over uh, some of the points, but people and culture in our organization, right? What, what, what our essence is. And, and that just doesn't stop, you know, with the home office staff. It goes to our vendors, community, you know, um, uh, society as a whole, um, the planet. And then systems and processes, we touched on that because that gives individuals who never started their own business before that ability to do that and then scale it right and create wealth for them and their families and then finally product and innovation you know we touch base on the different models we have our, our beverages are second to none i imagine you guys and, at this point have like you know, a test kitchen probably constantly going test a new product which you know that's a that's a big thing because you know, one of the things that I know you've probably seen over the years is all these franchisees 
are the lifeblood of a franchise system. But it's also what have you done for me lately too because you come in and you provide all this support to get them going and there's huge value there. And then at a certain point, they know how to run their store. They don't really need that training anymore. But you as a franchisor have to have that ongoing value add so that they continue to be happy with paying royalties, getting value from the brand, all that. But oftentimes it's that product innovation that's huge because you got to keep that fresh. You got to have the staples, but you got to keep that kind of fresh and seasonal and all those things. And what's next down the horizon, right? I wake up, I'm 55 years old, I wake up, I have hot coffee, right? Younger people, my kids, 24, 20, 16, they very rarely drink anything hot. It's our, it's always cold. So, And we've offered these options, hot ice or frozen for espresso-based drinks since I joined the company 22 years ago. But now what's next is these energy type. They they want caffeine and energy, but not in a coffee form. Boom. Okay. You know, we have our boost line up for that. And it's always what's going to happen next. But then also focusing for on the franchise owner standpoint is you don't want to have skew sprawl on it, on uh, products, right? You, uh, we've got to have good profit margins on our beverages, etc. And we really focus on those things, such as uh, initial investment, keeping that as low as we possibly can. We want to allow more people to join Big B Nation than not allow them to. And and that's you know the fun part. Sometimes you're having a call, you treat that person with respect. They might not be able to do it then. But they call them back three years later and say, I'm ready to go now. Thank you. And you want to know, Josh, end of the day, worst case scenario, we teach a, uh, we treat a prospect with respect and dignity, regardless if they can financially do it or not. Worst case scenario, they love the brand, they become a consumer or fanatic, and they go to our stores. Right? Yeah. Perfect. Well, that makes good so, sense. I mean, in, you know, for those who are, contemplating, you know, buying a franchise or want to reach out, what's a, should, should they just go to the website, the Big B website, and is there a tab for franchising or what's a good, some good contact information? Yeah. Well, bigbfranchising.com you can go to. And you want to know what? I'll give you my phone number here. It's 517-388-1420. Tony DiPietro, 517-388-1420. Call me. I, I, I love talking about this. I love the excitement when people want to start their own businesses. And and are we a good Tony, I love it, man. Out? I can tell you're, you're passionate about the brand. You've been there a long time. You've been there a minute. You've been there 22 years. Uh, you've seen the growth. Uh, thanks for coming on and sharing that. I think this has been very, very helpful. And um, it's always interesting. Big is one of those brands that I just continue to enjoy watching you know, the growth and they've certainly grown. I mean, I've been doing franchise law for about 18 years and I, it's definitely grown a lot. Um, and, uh, so, so keep on, keep on the great work and look forward to staying in touch. Well, thanks for being a fan. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of franchise euphoria. If you'd like to get a hold of me or learn more about our franchise services, 
please go to IndieFranchiseLaw.com. That's I-N-D-Y FranchiseLaw.com. Also, please know that the conversations and information shared on this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice. Until next time, happy franchise.